You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. So let, let me start this series with a story. Here's the story. Um, when I was in, I think, fifth or sixth grade, I started smoking, right? Talking about cigarettes. Uh, and I had good parents. It wasn't like, you know, like my mom and dad were like, here, have cigarettes. Really. Like, they, that, that wasn't the way it went. Um, I was walking down the street when I was in sixth grade with my best friend, Philip, and this kid came by who was a teenager, and he was smoking a cigarette. And I was like, let me get a cigarette. And he came back and gave us a whole pack. And so we were like, okay. So we went under a bridge, you know, didn't inhale or anything. We, like, practiced becoming addicted because that seemed like the wise thing to do. And then this buddy of mine who I spent the night with all the time, his mom smoked, or she didn't know when we were smoking like this. And over time, what started sort of as a game, it became a habit for me, right? And by the time I was in high school or whatever, I was actually pretty fairly addicted. And then, like, you know, college and all these things, and here's where it gets interesting and where where I'm going with this. When I, um, so I met my wife, Christy, and she had a five-year-old son, and his name was Caden. His name's still Caden. So Caden is her son. (laughs) Hadn't changed it. He was five when I met her, and so now... I've got a, a son and this new family and all this kind of stuff, but I still had this habit, right? And so, and guys, I'm going to let you know a secret. I, had, I was already like a pastor, and I was, I was like hiding. I don't want anyone to know, right? But then I started being like, okay, I can't. My son wanted to hunt with me, but I didn't want to take him hunting because if I took him hunting, he might see me smoking. And so what started as a habit, it actually began to dictate my decisions. Like I would decide where to go based on whether or not I could smoke. I would decide how long to stay based on whether or not I could smoke. I was deciding whether or not to take my son hunting with me because if he goes, I can't. And so I begin to see, okay, this may be becoming a problem. And then this verse God showed me, 1 Corinthians 6, 12. All things are permitted for me, but not all things are to my benefit. All things are permitted for me, but, read this, but I will be mastered by nothing. I begin to see that this thing, it wasn't just a habit, it was actually starting to master me, that I was making decisions about life based on smoking. And I know some of you, you may be going, yeah, I get that. Some of you are going, that was your habit. I got a real habit. I get it. I get it, right? I get it. Now, I know where I'm at, but still, like, it was something that began to govern my decision. And if that one doesn't connect with you, how about this? When I was, when I was seven years old, I had a car wreck, and I lost my right leg. Many of you guys know my right leg is fake. Uh, I've got, it goes to here, but the rest of it's fake. Well, it, it, that hit me. Like, it did something to my identity, right? And so, like, if I had to go somewhere where you had to wear shorts, when I was in high school and college, I was going to drink. Because I, I couldn't, de- I didn't want you making fun of me. I didn't want you to know I was insecure. And so, to deal with my insecurity, I would drink. If I had to go to the pool, I was going to be the drunkest person in the pool. If I had to go to the lake, drunkest person in the lake. Like, anything where I might be exposed, I had to find a way to manage my insecurity. So, and then I, I would like, I wouldn't even go certain places. My friends would be like, let's go to Wild River Country. And I was like, no way, because I can't even get drunk there. And little kids will always be like, he's going to grow back. And it was super annoying, like I'm part lizard. Like I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't stand any of that. That's the dumbest question to ask a one like, it's not going to grow back. It's not a lizard tail, just so we're all clear on that. But I mean, I, I, this, and what I found out through counseling later on in life, through Lynn Lohman, who's my counselor, he's amazing, was that I had let a physical insecurity dictate my identity. And I had become a slave to this identity. My identity was now one-legged boy. 
right? That, 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 that's who I thought, that was like my primary identity. And so after years of therapy, I realized I don't have to live as a slave to this identity. But what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks is that we're all a slave to something at some point in our lives. Every single one of you has been captive by something at some point. And some of you know it, and some of you don't know it. But we're captive to a million things, but we're captive to our past, and we're captive to addictions, and we're captive to pride, and, and we're captive to, to all, you know, you know, like past shame and guilt and greed and food and all these different things like money and jobs. And some people are captive to their kids. Like their entire schedule, their entire world revolves around the kids. So you're captive. And, and there's this beautiful verse in Exodus 20, and it, it says this. Then God spoke all these words. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. We were not designed to have gods in front of God. We were designed to worship God, to be mastered by God. And what we find out is that for too many of us, something in our lives has elevated itself above the name of God. Well, the past hurts and all these things, and they just become the center of our entire lives, and they actually become our gods. These things that take the place of God in our life. And everything in our life begins to center around this. And here, here's what I've noticed about this. Even if you have given your life to Christ, and I know many of you have, and I know some of you have, and I'm so glad you're here if you because one day you're going to. But like, even if you've given your life to Christ, it's not like, you know, that we sing that my chains are gone, I've been set free, right? You know that song? I know I'm probably not doing a great job of it. Or maybe it's so much better than what you've ever heard, you don't recognize it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? My God, my Savior, or right, whatever. Like, I think we think we like pray this prayer, and, and it's true, God breaks chains. We no longer have to live as slaves to things, but even those of us who've given our to Christ, we still find new things to be bound up in. And it's like then, as soon as I break a chain off of me, as soon as the, the power of God releases me or something, there's like three more chains waiting to bind me. And sometimes we get free from something, and a few weeks later, we run right back and get bound in it again. Right? We're like inmates that just won't leave. We're like, you know, I'm coming back. And this is the way we live. And this isn't the way we were called to live. So over the next few weeks... We're going to get real practical about this, okay? Get real practical about the things that are binding us. The things that are, that are elevating themselves above the name of God in our lives. And I'm not going to cover every single one of them because I don't have time to do that. But my hope is that the practical steps we give you in some areas, you can then apply to whatever is binding you. And today, man, I'm so, you, I'm glad you were here today. Turn to someone and say, glad you're here. Go ahead, do that. It's fine. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Yes, look at us. We're all of one accord. So, thank you. I'm glad I'm here too. It's really nice. About time, about time somebody said that. So, all right, so here, here's the one we're going to start with today because I think this one, we can't go any further if we don't get this one. And I'm willing to bet that the chain, uh, the master that we're going to talk about today, I know for 100% fact that every single one of us has been bound by this thing at some point. I know that many of you are bound by this thing right now, and I know that if you're not, at some point you will be. So you ready for Are you interested? Yeah. Here's week one. The first master that's binding us. You ready? It's called 
self. That's an acronym, guys. It stands for you. English wasn't my strong suit. But trust me. Or self. Whatever. It, you, like we, me, I am the biggest obstacle to my freedom so many times. And if we're going to take the steps that we need to take, we must first understand that number one enemy in my life may be me. And there's this beautiful verse in Galatians chapter 2, and it says this, I, me, I have been crucified with self. So it is no longer I, self. It's no longer I, self, who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So Paul seems to believe that when we give our life to Christ, and I think we see this across the Bible, that when we give our life to Christ, self is actually supposed to die. And we are reborn, and it is Christ in us, that we are actually a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. But what I have found is that's not often the way we live. And one of the biggest enemies to the church today is self. And the reason we're calling this series No Longer Slaves, Dusty and I talked about this. And it was so interesting because I didn't even think about it when I was writing it. Dusty came to me and he said, hey, you want to call this No Longer a Slave or you want to call it No Longer Slaves? And I was like, That's, what, what difference does it make, really? Then I thought about it. I was like, no, let's call it No Longer Slaves. Because I think what we're going to learn today is as long as you are still a slave, I am still a slave. It's not about no longer a slave and just because I'm free. In the Bible, we're going to read a story of a group of people who are all bound together. And if you're not free, I'm not free. L listen, this is 1 Corinthians 12, 12, and it says this. For just as the body is one and yet has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. I'm going to skip down to verse 26. And if one part of the body suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If a part is honored, all the parts rejoice with it. Guys, th this is the way we are supposed to see life. It's like, it's like th th this thing is the visible body of Christ for the world to see. And we are all bound to each other. And so when we begin to think of our freedom, I think too often we only think of our freedom. We don't think about the brother or sister in the room. Because if you're not free, then I'm not free. I mean, the, the, the visual I have when I thought about this is, imagine you're walking through the woods. And you get a bear trap stuck on your foot. All right, so there's a bear trap and it's on your foot. Are your hands going, thank God I had good quiet time today. I'm doing great. What, what if you look down and you get it off your foot and it's clapped on your face? And now you've got a trap on your face. So you've got a bear, a bear trap on your face. Do you think your feet are going, oh, what a wonderful day. What's the rest of your body suddenly concerned with? The fact that there's a trap on your face. The hands aren't going, how great. is that? They're going, get the trap off my face. Because what the hands and the feet realize is, if the face is in the trap, we're all in a trap. And this is the way Paul wants us to see each other. If you aren't free, 
If you aren't free, if you aren't free, then I'm not free. And if I'm not free, you're not free because we are tied together as one body. And this is so difficult for us. This is so hard for us. You know why? And it's not, I love our country, guys. I do, I do, I do, I promise. But it's hard for us because we're American. In the West, this is so difficult because we are brought up to be individuals, right? I have the right to life, living, pursuit of happiness. I have the right to self, I have the right, self, 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 I, I, me, 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 me. And listen, that is glorious that we live in a country where we have these freedoms. And I think if you're watching the news, you should be incredibly thankful for the country in which you live. But what makes you a great American doesn't always make you great inside of the kingdom of God. And when you give your life to Christ, your allegiance as an American must come secondary to your allegiance to God. And and, and we're taught in this, this will be the only thing you hear this week that will tell you to elevate the needs of someone else above your own. Because every other message you hear in the world will tell you that you are the most valuable person in the room. I promise if you're a little kid, everyone around you is telling you you're the most valuable person in the room. Well, guess what? They're lying. (laughs) We, We need each other. We need each other. We are bound together as one body. And until we get this, guys, we will not be free. And I know some of you are free. I know some of you are free. Now, I get it. Like, you, you've overcome some things. Me too. Me too. I've overcome some things. But if you're not living free, then I'm not living free. And we must desire. Remember that the end goal is not no longer a slave. The end goal is no longer slaves. That the body. Free because we belong to one another. We must begin to see the church the way John the Baptist saw Christ. And listen, this is in John 3 28, and it says this You yourselves are my witnesses that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom, but the friend of the groom who stands and listens to him rejoices greatly because of the groom's voice. So the joy of mine has been made full. Here it is. Here, you ready? He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase. Christ must increase, but I must decrease. And so if this is the body of Christ for the world, then this must increase and I must decrease. And what we see is when this increases and I decrease, I don't get less than. I get more of. I get more freedom. I get more people, I I saw a friend of mine who posted a prayer request on Facebook the other day, and I was like, man, imagine a world where I came to you with a prayer request, and I fully believed that you cared more about me than you cared about your own self. Imagine that world where we actually took care of one another and responded to one another, we were there for one another. Imagine a world where self didn't dictate all the conversations. Self says, hey, uh, they're they're not here, so I'll say this. Um, There's some ladies who are in a retreat right now. And I'm friends, with all, I'm friends with all of them, and one of them said to me this last week, I don't really think I need this retreat. And because I had written this sermon, I said, well, maybe it's not about you. Maybe the body needs you. You know, people have told me, I don't need connect group. Maybe it's not about you. Maybe it's about the goodness of the body. I don't need to go, maybe it's not about you. Maybe it's about the body. But self wants to continually interject itself and divide the church. And we must become aware of it or we cannot do anything about it. But we belong to each other. And so I'm going to give you guys four 
super practical steps for dealing with this so that we might all together live with less regret, less pride, less guilt, less shame, more joy, more peace, more hope. So here's four, and I want you guys to take a picture of this, uh, write it down, whatever you do. Here's step one, take a selfie. Now, I am 100% confident everyone in this room knows how to do that, (laughs) right? Take a selfie. Like, it's so weird. I was talking to my daughter. She's 11, and she walks around the house like, like she has her own paparazzi. And I'm like, you know what's sad? When I I look at, like, the, the photo book of my mom and dad, you know what I see? I see pictures of my mom and dad with other humans, with groups of people, and they're doing things. When the world looks at your photo book, do you know what they'll see? 800,000 pictures of you making duck face. (laughs) At least change your freaking pose, man. (laughs) Do something different. We've seen your duck face so many times that I actually think some of you are ducks. I'm beginning to believe it. If it walks like a duck and looks like a duck, Oh, drives me nuts. Okay, so what do I mean by take a selfie? I obviously don't mean, here's what I mean. I mean, when self begins to interject itself into the conversation, when you're asked to do something, when God calls you, I want you to be aware of the voice of self. When there's Operation Christmas Child out there today, you could do that, and maybe some of you will feel like you should, but the voice of self will go, hold on now. What if I wanted to buy myself new shoes, right? So when self begins to speak, become aware of it. Capture it. When God calls you to walk across the room and speak to somebody, you're like, I don't know them. Actually, what am I doing? This is, they, don't, they don't even make these anymore, do they? This is how old I am. I'm doing a camera like this, and everyone's like, what? I might as well do a phone like this. <laughs> Roll down your window. Right? But become aware of when self is speaking. And like, capture it. Know it. Know it. Be aware of it. Okay, hold on, hold on now. This isn't God. This is me. This is self-preservation. This is self-protection. This is selfishness. Become aware when self speaks. Number two is this. Share the selfie. It's the second thing I know everyone loves to do. Share your selfie. And what I mean is this. Find someone who loves Jesus more than you. And say to them, hey, I know God is calling me in this area, but self is really causing the problem. I know God's calling call me to serve. I know God's calling me to go. I know God's calling me to show up. But I, I can't get out of my own way. Share that with somebody. And if you're a spouse, husband, and wife in this room, man, you have a great opportunity right here. Because there's very few places where self presents itself more aggressively than inside of a marriage. And you have the opportunity to submit to one another. For for mutual submission, that two would come together and submit to one another. But so often, self wants to get in the way. And if you're single, man, you have a million opportunities to do this, to fight against self. And when self is dictating your decisions, find someone and tell them. Y'all know I've been doing this for 14 years, I think. No one in 14 years has come into my office and said, I'm selfish. Now, a lot of people come into my my office and tell me why someone else is their problem. And this is what I do. I draw a great big circle. So if you're going to come see me and tell me what, let me tell you, go ahead and save you some time. I'm going to draw a great big circle, and I'm going to shade 95% of it. And I'm going to say, I know that 95% of this is their fault. Can you and I talk about the 5% that's your fault? 
and that's why no one comes to see me twice. It's a beautiful system. <laughs> so I have no repeat business whatsoever. Share the selfie. Number three, delete the selfie. And this really isn't a bad idea. Delete it. You've got 9,000 of them. Yeah. Delete 8,999 of them. Delete the selfie. What I mean is this. Begin to practice being inconvenienced for someone else. When you walk out to the coffee pot, if someone's behind you, hey, go ahead, man. Go ahead, man. Guys, I'm going to tell you this, and I love you with all my heart, and you all know this, but I was at the gas station the other day, and there was 9,000 people there, and I had waited patiently and waited patiently and waited patiently for my turn at the pump, and as I started to pull in, one of you with your GC sticker stole my gas pump. The white truck. The white truck was me, okay? Just so we know. I prayed for you that day. But in, in situations, we have, we have an opportunity every day in our marriages, in our jobs, wherever we are, we have an opportunity every day to elevate someone else and for me to be humble, for me to, humble, me to take a back seat to someone else, right? Here's the fourth thing we do. Starve the selfie. Starve the selfie. There is a dragon inside of you that's self. He's huge. And there's only one way to defeat a dragon. You know how you do it? You starve him to death. And so we starve the selfie. And what I mean is this. Fasting. Fasting is a beautiful experience that God has given us to starve self. Fasting is where we abstain from food for a period of time so that we might pray for the body. So here's what we're going to do. For those who are able, some of you aren't, I get that. If you're diabetic or pregnant or something, do not do this. Find something else. But for those who are able, tomorrow morning, from sunup to sundown, we will have nothing but coffee and water. Black coffee. I know, I know. He carried a cross. You're going to go without creamer. No, I'm sure he appreciates it. We're going to fast together. And when we get hungry, which you will. As a matter of fact, when I fast, you know what I, I used to pray, God, don't let me get hungry. Now I pray, God, make me hungry. Because I want to hurt for you a little. My life is good, guys. My life is good. My life is good. If I can go a little, a little time denying self for the good of the kingdom. And every time I get hungry, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for the body. And I'm going to pray for what's going on in Israel. The, 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 our brothers and sisters are dying. And I'm going to pray for what's going on in Palestine, that, that people are dying. And I'm going to pray for the pain in this world. What I'm not going to do is focus on self. God, I'm talking about, what, 10, 12 hours tomorrow? Will you do it? Starve the selfie so that we might decrease and the body of Christ might increase. Together, I need you and you need me. And I want you to be whole and I want to be whole. And I want to be free and I want you to be free. And we need to get in groups. We need to bind together, find them, create them. And people are like, well, no one's invited me in a group. Then you invite somebody else because you are not the center. It's not about self. It's about the body. 
whatever it takes. It's not no longer a slave. It's no longer slaves. Together, we will be free. What the sun sets free is free indeed, my friend. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.